the Gator Football Podcast is on the air. From the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida, it's the next generation of Gator Sports media personalities, bringing you the latest in Gator Sports, courtesy of the Orange and Blue Sports Network. It's your Gator Football Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gator Football Podcast on the Orange and Blue Sports Network. I'm your host, Ethan Ibe, joined alongside Hugh Green this week as we preview the Gators' upcoming matchup against the Tennessee Volunteers from the Swamp tomorrow night. We'll be on the call live on 95.3 GHQ for the 7 o'clock kick. Hugh, how are we doing today? Good. How about you, Ethan? How about you? Doing good. Really excited for this matchup. This is going to be the first real big test uh, for the Gators after their uh, opening week loss to Utah, opening up Southeastern Conference play. A lot to look forward to this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this uh, Gator team who kind of dismantled McNeese last week, but that's a much lesser opponent than what, what they have this week going to, uh, as Tennessee's coming into town. And it's going to be a tough matchup, but we'll see how they can do. And We'll talk about it here today. You know, lots of work on following that, you know, great 49-7 win over McNeese. Granted, it's basically like playing dodgeball with kindergartners, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Not much of a not much of a matchup there. Mainly uh, the big dog uh, taking, their, taking what they can take from McNeese. Yeah, and definitely a lot of history in this rivalry between Florida and Tennessee. The next chapter going to be written tomorrow. You remember those 90s teams, those mid-90s games with Danny Werfel taking on Peyton Manning back when Phil Fulmer was leading the Vols and Steve Spurrier coaching the Gators. Gone are the days of Felipe Franks to Tyree Cleveland. This is going to be a fun one, I think. Yeah, definitely. This, uh, this is a uh, history that dates back. 1916 was the first time these two teams matched up and Tennessee kind of controlled the matchup in the first 10 matchups they won all 10 of those uh through the first about 15 it was all Tennessee and then it turned around uh about 1970s mid 1970s to the 1980s is when the Gators kind of took over this series and now uh Tennessee hasn't won here in the swamp in 20 years so uh, it's been all Florida these past you know, 20, 30 years, and we'll see if that continues tomorrow or, or Tennessee can finally get over the hump and win in the swamp. Yeah, it was last uh, done on September 20th, 2003, with 24-10 win for the Vols on the swamp. Since then, it's been nine straight Gators wins against the Volunteers on their home turf. So looking forward to this matchup. Looking at the quarterbacks for both teams, this is going to be an interesting one. You've got Graham Mertz, who has impressed so far early in this season, passing yardage above 200 yards for both games. Check that. 193 yards uh, last week against McNeese. He went 14 of 17. His one passing touchdown was a 50-yard strike to Ricky Pearsall. How do you think he fares against this Volunteers defense, You. It's not It's not going to be easy. Uh, he did well against the Utah defense when we didn't have much of a running game going on, uh, did the Gators, but he went 31 of 44, had to pass the ball 44 times, which isn't something that Billy Napier wants to see, uh, but he was able to get 333 yards, and he threw a touchdown in that one as well. Had a pick, but uh, as you said last week, uh, just under 200 yards, and he didn't really need to do as much uh, against the McNeese defense, but this uh, Tennessee defense which promises to be a lot tougher. Uh, they have 
lots of seniors, uh, upperclassmen who are not going to make it easy uh, for Mertz at the quarterback position. He might need to use his legs a little bit. Uh, this defensive line with uh, Roman Harrison, uh, Omari Thomas, which is they just get after the quarterback uh, game in and game out. Uh, they have 11 sacks in their first two games of the season. So uh, this is a defense that is very uh, impressive uh, so far this season. And uh, we'll see if they can make Mertz uh, scramble a little bit and get out of his comfort zone. And then talking about the uh, Tennessee quarterback, looking at Joe Milton the third, the sixth-year senior who began his career over at Michigan, 6'5", 242. He's got the size. He's got one of the best arms in college football. The main issue for him, he makes good decisions, but he hasn't been extremely accurate. We look at his first two games 21 of 30 against Virginia in week one, 21 of 33 against Austin P last week. How do you think he fares against the Gators? Uh, well, it's not going to be an easy matchup for him either. Uh, this Gators defense has uh, been impressive against the past game so far, other than, you know, the first uh, play of the game of the season when Utah struck him for 70-yard touchdown right off the bat. But yeah, as you said, Milton, he has just he's just 31 yards away from 3,000 in his career, so He's had a long career. He's a very experienced guy in that uh, in the backfield, and he has just six interceptions uh, in his career with to go along with 21 touchdowns. Has uh, has not thrown a pick this year. Uh, nobody on this Tennessee offense has, but uh, that somewhat fares well for them as well because the Gators defense hasn't picked off someone either. So uh, we'll see if they can. If Milton can use his legs a little bit too, because he has in the first couple of games, he had two touchdowns, two run, two rushing touchdowns against Virginia in their first game, and another one last week. Uh, so Milton might have the advantage over this Gators defense uh, on uh, on Saturday. He's got to live up to that uh, legacy left behind from Hendon Hooker, who went 68th overall to the Detroit Lions, and I believe it was uh, the game that. Uh, Tennessee played here in uh, 2021 was one of the last times that Joe Milton was one of the starters uh, for Tennessee after that hooker really took over. It's about how can he kind of take over from that and make his own legacy, you know? Yeah. And he did, uh, Milton did get the start and in the orange bowl last year uh, when hooker, when hooker was out, but uh, Milton impressed in that game against the Clemson defense, which was uh, one of the best in the country. And he kind of, took over in that game, and he uh, led them to an Orange Bowl victory. He got Orange Bowl uh, MVP of that game, and it was, it was kind of a coming-out party for some of those who didn't know him as well on the national stage uh, outside of the Southeastern Conference, and uh, he was able to show out in that game, and and it's he's been impressive so far this year. Well, it's going to be really important as far as uh, Joe Milton's success in the Swamp on Saturday is how well his wide receiver core can get open. That's been a bit of a struggle for them so far this year. You don't have a guy like Jalen Hyatt anymore, over 1,000 receiving yards, and now he's a New York Giant. You've got guys like Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, Brew McCoy. You know, I think the biggest thing for them is finding that space to get open and let Milton cook, so to speak. That's going to be the key for the Vols. Yeah, definitely. As you said, yeah, Brew McCoy, uh, Squirrel White, they're two of their top receivers. The only has te- uh, White only has 10 receptions on the season, McCoy only seven, uh, both for under, under 100 yards. Uh, so 
is not they don't have somebody as you said like Jalen Hyatt as they did last year so it might be a little tougher for him uh, to find those open guys but he's able to do with his legs he's able to get out of the pocket if he feels pressure and people aren't open but uh, yeah it's going to be tough for him to find those open receivers but if he does and he finds someone that that's going 60 yards down the field he can make the pass to him on the money. And also looking at the Gators receivers, mentioned that you know the one big strike that Graham Mertz had last week against McNeese was that 50-yard uh, touchdown pass to Ricky Pearsall. Aside from that, we saw a lot of the freshmen get some experience last week. Guys like Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell, and also Eugene Wilson III even saw some of the backup quarterbacks uh, get some action, which is uh, good for their development. Mm-hmm. But how do you suppose uh, this wide receiver core is going to fare against this Tennessee defense? Yeah, this, uh, as you said, Ricky Pearsall, he leads this team in receptions and receiving yards as we assumed he would. He has you know 14 receptions on the season for 215 yards, and you said that 50-yard uh, touchdown grab last week. Uh, Eugene Wilson had has six, six receptions so far on the season, uh, 60 yards, and I think their speed of um, Gene and Aiden Mizell as the freshman coming into this team might be a, maybe something that the Tennessee defense has to look out for. Uh, they do have some experience in their defensive back uh, lineup with uh, Danico Slaughter and Kamala Hayden in the back and uh, at the cornerback positions, and they might have to match up one-on-one. Uh, well, this is a defense that likes to play a, a front four, so we'll see if they can try to give some pressure and make uh, Mertz get rid of the ball quickly. But uh, yeah, as you said, these, this receiving core for the Gators is young, other than uh, with the exception of Pearsaw, but they're young and they're hungry and I know they want to beat Tennessee in the swamp. I know that Tennessee group, they had a rough ending to last year. Overall, it was a tremendous year for them. 11-2, and 6-2 and two in the SEC. They were in that championship and even the Heisman hunt until their 63-38 loss to South Carolina last November 19th. And that was the game where Hendon Hooker tore his... Uh, Torres ACL, but the defense, you know, despite those those scores and even the one after that against Alabama, despite that, they were one of the best defenses in the SEC. They led the conference in tackles for a loss, and their leading tackler Aaron Beasley is back. And so far this year, it's uh, it's been more of the same. They're second in tackles for a loss, first in sacks. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against this Gators offense. Now, the one thing we haven't talked about, and in my opinion, it's going to be the most important thing to watch, is the rushing games for both of these groups. Florida didn't really have a whole lot of rushing going on in their opening week game against Utah. Only 31 yards combined for Montreal Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne. Last week, I know it was against McNeese, but it was tremendous to see over 300 yards rushing. And I believe it was like five rushing touchdowns in that game. Yeah, it was very impressive against a much lesser opponent and lesser defense in McNeese State. But uh, with the return of Kingsley Agwalkin at the setter position for the Gators, uh, he was out for the first two games of this season with an ankle injury he uh, sustained in the preseason. But he started all thirteen or all 26 games in the 21 and 22 seasons. So he's really a leader on this offense and, and the offensive line. And with him combining with uh, Richie Leonard, the left guard, uh, Damian George on the right tackle, and Mazuka at the right guard, it's just going to be something that this uh, front five of the offensive uh, line for the Gators will have to kind of 
push back on this defensive line of Tennessee, something that they weren't able to do against Utah. But we'll see if the return of Egg Walken will kind of force them to be able to run the ball a little bit more. And we'll see if Billy Napier gives them the chance. If, let's say, they don't get uh, too many rushing yards on the first couple of drives to see if he sticks with it or he kind of just abandoned it a little bit against the Utah team in the second half. But we'll see if he sticks with it and uh, if they're able to put a running game together and try to make this game a close one against Tennessee. And on the other side of the ball with this uh, volunteers rushing room, Three-headed monster is what I think is uh, worth calling them. Jalen Wright, they, uh, their leading rusher from last year, 875 yards for 10 touchdowns. Already this year, over 230 yards in rushing. He'll be back. Uh, Jabari Small, a guy to watch as well. And then Dylan Sampson's kind of that punch at the goal line, so to speak. Out of all, Tennessee has six rushing touchdowns this year, three for Hilton. <laughs> There are three from Milton. Uh, the other three belong to Dylan Sampson. So that is a really, uh, really nice one, two, three punch for the Vols. Yeah, definitely. They're able to get those guys on and off the field, uh, depending on what down it is and what field, uh, what part of the field they're on. As you said, Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. Uh, Wright had over 100 yards carrying last week against Austin P, and Small had just under 100 yards. So these those first two guys really play the whole field, uh, first, second, third down, all the way up to the goal line, as you said, with Dylan Sampson kind of punching the ball in when they get close, uh, the bigger running back back there. But the elusiveness and speed of right and small is something to watch out for for this Gators uh, front seven. An interesting note here. The Volunteers were 9-0 and in 2022 when they reached 155 rushing yards per game. Mm. So if they can reach that threshold, they are certainly going to be dangerous. Uh, that's going to be one of my main keys for the Vols. You have one of the best passing offenses in all of college football last year. That may not be the same with Milton here instead of Hooker now. So you've got to incorporate that rushing game a lot more. And get off to a strong start if you're the Volunteers. Milton, he's got that great arm. We know the accuracy has been a question. If he's not hitting those spots, kind of make it a screen game. Rely more on the run and just let those athletes work. Yeah, definitely. They, uh, as you said, athletes. Uh, that's a great way to describe uh, this running attack of the Tennessee Vols, uh, Volunteers and some of their wide receivers as well, like Squirrel White. Uh, just he's only five ten, one sixty five. But for a sophomore, it's not as big as you usually see him in the SEC. But the speed and elusiveness he has, and a lot of these other guys have on the Tennessee offense, is something to uh, look out for if you're the Gators defense and something that they might have to prepare for. And I'm sure they have in the past few past few days. So to wrap things up, Hugh, I'll ask you, what are your keys to the game for the Gators this week? Uh, well, I think the running attack, I mean, as you said, that's going to be the biggest key for me. Are they able to get the running game going? Are they able to get uh, Johnson and ETN in the game and get 50, 60, 70 yards from each of those guys, something that is going to be important for them, that they can't have another Utah performance, so they're not going to win this game. And then also, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but this defense against Milton, will they able will they be able to contain him uh, in the pocket? Are they going to, will they have somebody being a QB spy uh, in the backfield, in the defensive backfield that will look after Milton and not let him get out of the pocket and not let him use his legs as much as he would like to. Uh, yeah, on against Virginia, he had nine carries, uh, just 33 yards, but he had a couple scores on the ground. So that's something that 
the Gators defense is going to need to look out for uh, is Milton's legs, uh, try to make him a passer. As you said, he's not the most accurate guy in the country. So there you have it. That is our preview for Florida against Tennessee coming up tomorrow night from the Swamp. My name's Ethan Ibe alongside Hugh Green. Hugh, where can uh, our listeners find you on social media? Uh, you could find me at hgreen15 uh, at, on Instagram and Twitter. And that's where I post most of my stuff about sports. And I will definitely be posting about this game tomorrow. And I'm excited for it, Ethan. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be on the call with you. Uh, you can hear us live on 95.3 GHQ, the home for student play-by-play for UF football. Uh, my name's Ethan Ibe. You can find me on social media at E-T-H-A-N-E-I-B-E on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the Orange and Blue Sports Network on Twitter and Instagram as well at OBSN Gators. It'll be a 7 o'clock kick from the Swamp tomorrow night, and it'll be our pleasure to bring you that ball game. Thank you so much for listening to our Florida-Tennessee preview, and we'll also have a podcast next week to react to this ball game. So uh, definitely stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you next time.